Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, guys, and let me welcome you once again to Causeway Coast Vineyard. James did such a wonderful job at that. I'm not wearing fluffy Christmas socks, um, but uh, we do really want to welcome you today. Uh, We've been on a journey here at Causeway Coast Vineyard since about September in our services where we've been in this series that we've called Becoming. Uh, Really, the tagline is why why we need to rethink God's design for our lives. And really, we've been trying to unpack this adventure with Jesus that all of us are on, whether we know it or not. Some of us are partnering with Jesus and we're actively on that adventure, but we know there are so many people, and you may be watching this morning, who don't know Jesus, and believe it or not, God has actually had you on an adventure, whether you understood that or not. And we try to unpack all of this to try and see, well, what should we be doing? What directions should we be heading? And over the weeks, we've been unpacking these building blocks or components that we think are a part of our becoming adventure. Uh, Last week, Peter Linus talked about uh, living with purpose and being purpose-filled, and throughout each of the other weeks, which you can check out on our website or on YouTube, we've been looking at the different components of that. And today, we want to talk to you about a building block called Impossibly Certain. And and I'm joined by Mark Marks, who's a good friend of mine, and also works here at the church, as James has said, with Healing on the Streets, and now Healing on the Zoom, your brand new (laughs) ministry as well. And really, when we first started talking about this a few weeks ago, we we kind of talked about what should we share, how should we kind of pack this together. And really, our conversation went on for, for such a long time, and we thought, wouldn't it be great this morning to try and capture that conversation, to try and capture at what we talked about that morning. So that's what we're going to try and do is to invite you guys into this conversation with us. Um, And we just think that there's something that God is going to impart to us this morning as we explore this. We've already heard that incredible story from Sue. And we're going to pray later um, for healing again as well and also take communion as James has already told us this morning. So we'd love you to just uh, lean in with us this morning. So Mark, when we first sat down to talk about this, you told me an absolutely genius story. And I've heard loads of stories from you over the years, and I've loved them all, but this was brand new to me then. So I would love you to retell that for me and for, for those of us watching at home, just that story about you when you were a kid. And, and I actually, when you tell this story, I have this kind of imaginary thing about what you looked like as a kid. And I can't picture it, so I just presume you're a smaller, bald version of yourself. And, um, but I would love to hear that story again. Could you tell us? I will, absolutely. Well, Neil, you remember a time when you were so young, so small, that you believed everything that your parents told you? Yes. For example, chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Yeah, well, okay. We lived well, in the Gilligan, so we had chocolate milk coming out <laughs> our ears. Well, well, my dad had this uh, amazing trick. Uh, it, was, it was a disappearing coin trick. And um, when I saw this, I was absolutely amazed. I want to show you, and in fact, I'll just turn so that everyone else can actually see this. So so, uh, my dad said, come here, son, watch this. And he took a coin and he said, now blow. And I went, he opened his hand and the coin was gone. I said, dad, 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 that's amazing. Give me a coin. So he gave me a coin. I put it in my hand. And of course, you want to copy your, your parents. Yeah. So I tried to do the very thing he did. 
coin was still there. <laughs> and it's still there. I said, Daddy, how did you do that? And he began to share this story. He said, well, son, there's a magic caterpillar in the garden that has the ability to make coins appear and disappear. And if you can catch this caterpillar, you also can make coins appear and disappear. So good. And I was about to run out of the room to look for this caterpillar. He said, but, but there's one thing you need to know. This caterpillar is very, very hard to find because it has the ability to become invisible. Now, I believed every word that my dad said. So I went out into the garden, and it was like a jungle because there were three fences, and they were covered from top to bottom with ivy, you know, the, the large yeah, yeah, yeah. leaved ivy, which, which would go golden browns and orange and green in autumn, looked beautiful. But the whole fence, three sides of the fence, were covered with this ivy yeah. from top to bottom. And as methodical as a, as a small boy could be, I started from the left-hand side of... The, uh, the fence, and I was determined to turn over every leaf, thousands of leaves in that garden. Now, I remember the first leaf that I turned over, I had absolute faith and trust without doubt in my heart that I would find this caterpillar, mm. and I turned it over. I believed every word my dad said. I turned that leaf over. There was nothing there, so I went to the next leaf. I turned that over, and I started to work along the fence, and eventually I came to these cobwebs where there was these large, chunky spiders. And of course, I really didn't like spiders. Yeah. So I, I, I had a decision to make. Do I bypass the spiders and perhaps miss the caterpillar hiding In beneath one of those leaves? Yeah. I thought, no, I've got I've to go for it. So I got a stick and I pulled away the cobwebs and I turned around every leaf. And I think I must have backtracked so many times because I thought I'd miss some leaves, leaves out. Yeah. Eventually, I got to the last part of the fence and the very last leaf. And this is the amazing thing. My, my faith, my trust in, in what my dad had said was as strong yeah. in turning the first leaf over as it was the very last leaf. And I was believing with all my heart that caterpillar would be there because it's the last leaf. Yeah. And as I turned it over, guess what I found? Please tell me it's the caterpillar. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. But, but the amazing thing was, you know, still there was no place for, no room in my heart for any doubt. And I said, caterpillar, you're invisible, and one day I'm going to catch you. And, you know, I'm still looking for that caterpillar today. <laughs> But the thing is, you know, as, as we grow up, and you know this, that we, we live in a broken world. Yeah. And we grow up and we, uh, we get let down, we get hurt, and we become cynical, um, and we lose trust in people. Yeah. And we lose that childlike faith. And, and Jesus asks us to have that childlike faith. He actually says in the Bible, he says, unless you become like children, you won't see the kingdom of God. And I, and I, and I long to see God's kingdom. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do we do? So, I, so you know, there's, there's certain things that Jesus said to us that requires us to have that childlike faith. Yeah. For example, in, in the book of Mark, and I, and I love this in chapter 4, where you know the story where Jesus curses the fig tree and the fig tree just shrivels and dies. Yeah. And the next day as the disciples are going by, Peter points to this fig tree and says, look, teach the fig tree that you curse is dead. And he's, yeah. he's scratching his head yeah, saying, he's an, well, how is that possible? Yeah. This is like, we've never seen this before. This is impossible. He's trying to figure out how this is possible. 
And I can just imagine that the Lord like pointing it out, saying, what, this? You know, reading between the lines. Um, and in Mark chapter um, 11, 22 and 23, he says, have faith in God, which is a good place to start. Yeah. To have faith in God. And he says, I tell you the truth. Yeah. And it's almost like he's about to say something the disciples are going to find hard to, to, to grab hold of yeah. or to even believe. He says, if anyone says to his mouth and jump into the sea mm. and doesn't doubt in their heart, but believe that what their mouths say, it will be done for them. So the question is, Neil, how do we, how do we believe in our heart without doubt and, um, and believe that the words that we speak when we pray will happen. Yeah, and I think that is that the building, this building block, the goal of it as followers of Jesus, as partners of Jesus, is that we would be able to answer that question. That how, yeah. how, how, do we, how, how do we do that thing with the same certainty that, that Jesus had, that even when something feels impossible, that we feel like we can do it. And I, I know when we chat, one of the people I think about every time, I think of Abraham. And Abraham in the scriptures is, uh, you know, as you know, is this, you know, when we first meet him, he's obviously, he's called Abraham at that point, and that mm. word means father. Uh, and I always think it's really, it's an ironic name for him, and obviously that's what the story's about, because Abraham has no kids. And so he's called father, but he's got no kids. And, and, and in an ancient Near East culture, that would have been kind of a shameful thing. You know, that people would have thought that he and his wife had done something wrong, the fact that he didn't have any kids. And, and I, I just love this story. And obviously, he has this experience where God tells him to leave, you know, his father's household and, and to take his wife and, and to go to this place that God would show him. And then what we find out, I think it's about, they reckon it's about 20 or 30 years later from that moment that we reach this massive turning point in Abraham's life. And, and by that time, well, Abraham's life, because at that point, God comes to him and says, you're no longer going to be called Abraham. I'm going to call you Abraham, which meant father of nations. So he's just been upgraded from... <laughs> Uh, he's not even a father, but he's called father, and now he's upgraded to father of nations. And God tells him this, this amazing promise that, that you and I have read many, many times. I'm sure the people at home have heard many, many times that he would be a father to nations. His descendants would be as numerous as, mm. you know, as the sand and the seashore and the stars in the sky. And it's this incredible, incredible promise. And then God gives him this promise that just, I, I just love. And then he tells this Abraham, who's 99 years old at this point, that he and his wife, who's 90, are going to have a son. Now, when I hear that, now Janet and I are, you know, I'm hanging on to my 30s. Janet's just edged into the 40s. We'll keep that a secret. No one else is listening. <laughs> but when, even when I think about having a newborn son at my age, I'm thinking I'm tired. Yes. Like, I know you and Linda are expecting a grandson or, any, a, or daughter. We don't know. We, are, we don't know at any point. But I, the, the thought of being older and, and having a new kid feels tiring. And obviously, Abraham's 99 Sarah's 90. And I love their reaction. This is what they say, Genesis 17, 17. It says, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And I just love this because it doesn't really feel like a faith-filled response. He, he, immediately he's looking at the human part of him where he's just like, what? <laughs> How on earth can this happen? And then God says to him in verse 19 of Genesis 17, God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. Um, and as you know, Isaac means 
He laughs. He laughs, right? So God actually tells him, well, because you laughed, you're going to call your son, he laughed. And I just <laughs> love how God does that. I just love how, how they, they just can't get over Now, it's an incredible story. And as we know, then Isaac is born to Abraham and to Sarah. And it all seems really crazy. And actually, in the book of Romans, it's Paul, when he's writing about mm. this moment, when he's telling uh, the people about this, he, he writes it in this way. And I think it's really powerful. It's in Romans chapter 4, uh, verse 18. And Paul says this, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And I love this verse. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. And then it says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. And I just think that, that passage in Romans and when we hear about Abraham, it just sums up this the kind of tension that we have in this title about being impossibly certain. Yeah. And it's just these two things that Abraham holds. And, and I love that kind of phrase, this idea that on one hand, Abraham's looking and he's saying, my body is as good as dead, <laughs> but my God is alive. Yeah. And I just love that tension. I love this. My body's dead. My God is alive. And, and of course, as we read through the story of Abraham, we find out that he, goodness, he has to do this a number of different times. It's not just in, right. in this moment. And, and there's this part of the scripture that we talked about where I, I, I probably, when I was following Jesus at the start, I just couldn't wrap my head around this story. I couldn't wrap my head around why uh, this, this happened. But um, there's this really tricky part where God actually says this to Abraham. This is in Genesis 22, um, verse 2. And bear in mind that this is the son that God has, has given them. He's a, he's a miracle birth, all that stuff. Genesis 22, 2 says this. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. And I know when we talked about this, you, you, you just shared some of the parallels that yeah. this has later on, which yeah. really helped me when I was, yes. was younger. But yeah. why don't you just share that? Yeah, well, you know, this, this is such a difficult passage because yeah. of the very nature of what, of what Abraham is being called to do. And, yeah. and if you don't see the whole picture, you think, well, what on earth is, is happening here? But actually, when we do see the bigger picture, it's revealing... Uh, the heart of God, which is love. And it's just an, the most amazing, uh, um, insightful thing ever. So we, we see that, we see that uh, Isaac um, has been asked to carry the wood. When you read the whole passage, that Isaac carries the wood for the burnt offering. Yeah. And, and we see a parallel there with Jesus carrying the cross. And in yes. fact, that, that verse parallels the famous verse in... in um, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world yeah. that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but would have eternal life. Mm. Uh, and so we see that, yeah. you know, God, God is making a point, take your son, your, your one, one and, and only, only son, son, whom you yeah. love. And, and, and so, so Isaac takes, he carries the wood for the, for the, for the burnt offering. And then, and also we see that Isaac is, is bound, and he, again, a very difficult part, but he's bound and he's laid on the wood on the altar, and Jesus is nailed to the cross. And, 
Isaac was going to be the sacrificial lamb. But Jesus became our sacrificial lamb. Isaac asked his father as he's carrying the wood, yeah. we have the wood and we have, we have the fire, but, where, but where's the, the lamb for the, for the offering? And Abraham, Abraham says, the Lord will provide. Yeah. And it's amazing that, you know, just some, a, a little bit more into this, that, that the, it was a sacrifice of an animal that would cover the sin of of the person who, who, would, who was coming to God. Yeah. It could never remove it. It could only hide the sin. And, and it was the, the sacrifice of an animal. The, the hand would be laid onto the, the head of the lamb and the sin of that person would be imputed to the lamb as they yeah. sacrificed it and then burnt it as, as, an, as an offering. But, but God is showing that, you know, something more, uh, more precious was needed than, than an animal sacrifice. Mm. It needed... Needed someone who was perfect who could take that, and Jesus and God was was challenging and, and testing Abraham to see whether or not he would fulfill that. But there was no way that he was going to to do it. Obviously, yeah. But, but and, and that's the I mean the parallels between those two parts are incredible. I think the first time I understood that part, I mean it really helped me probably plant that that passage in Genesis. Um, well, and we're going to come back to that because obviously we're taking communion later, which is reflecting on, on what Jesus did at the cross for us. And, and so we're going to, we're going to get to it. And, and then there's this, there's this part of the, the, that story then when God's called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And there's this amazing verse. And I'd never seen it before until we were chatting a few weeks ago. I'd never missed this, this short part of it. And this is what it says. Genesis 22 verse 5 says this. Uh, Abraham said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there, which he's meaning to, uh, to do, take it to a sacrifice. And he goes, we're going to worship. And then he says, and then we will come back to you. So in that moment, like Abraham is fully, fully believes that even though God has said, sacrifice your, your one and only son whom you love, he still believes that Isaac is going to be coming back down that mountain with him and they're going to return. And I, I just think that's incredible that, that Abraham was certain that God would not ask him to go through with this thing because he knew that God had promised that through Isaac, the, the, the blessing for the generations was going to come. And I just love how he, how he wrestles this thing. And even like, and if, you, if we did, we don't have time this morning, but if we read that story even beyond that, actually it seems like, and it's such a distressing part of scripture, but there's like that part where, where Abraham is actually about to, to strike Isaac and, um, and even goes as close as to do that at that moment. And even then, Abraham believes that God is going to stop him. And I just think that, that that moment for me is just absolutely incredible. I believe we're having some audio issues, so we're switching your mic, Mark, it looks like, um, for that part. Um, actually, we're even told, I think isn't it, in the book of Hebrews, that the writer of the Hebrews even writes that even Abraham's certainty was so deep at that point that he believed even if he had had to have killed his only son, at the, or Isaac, at that point, that God would have raised him from the dead again. So such was his, such was his certainty, and, and it really is impossibly certain, this, this moment that he kind of does. And I, I, anyway, this, that story for me is just absolutely stunning, and we could spend... Oh, goodness, all morning just talking about that. But, but I want to talk to you, Mark, about that wrestle of the impossible certainty. Because when, you know, when we've been talking about stuff like this over the years, and I said, we, goodness, we've known each other for, I think, at least 
15, 16 years. And every time I've talked to you, you've always been someone who's modeled this building block for me. You're someone who, who even in the midst of when it seems impossible, when it seems like there's no way through, you have this certainty, you have this kind of belief, this faith in this. But, but also from knowing you over these years, I, I know that that's not just like this automatic thing. It's not something that, that, you know, you got something that the rest of us didn't in that. And you've had to wrestle with that as well. And I know you've had times where that's been a real wrestle for you. And would, would you just love to share some of just what that was like for you? And maybe I know there's been a specific time in your life where you really journeyed that. Absolutely. So um, it's the what I would call the agony and the ecstasy of the kingdom and yeah. journeying this. And, you know, um, pe- people who, who don't know me well would just see the, uh, the, and hear the amazing stories of people being healed and stories like Sue, yeah. it's a wonderful story. But, yeah. but, you know, I have seen many, many people healed. I've seen God doing the most incredible things through healing. But also I've seen those who haven't been healed. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a point in my life that I was journeying where um, I had said to God, if I have to pray for another sick child where their parents have come to me and they're looking at me in my, into my eyes and they're saying to me, there is, the doctors have given no hope for our child. But we've heard that you've said that Jesus heals today. Please pray for, for our child. Yeah. And the pain of this, of, the, 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 of not seeing someone healed, especially a child, and then having to look in the eyes of, of the parents yeah, just was, was more than I could bear. It was, it was so painful for me yeah. that I said to God, if I, if I have to pray for another sick child and they're not healed, then not only do I not want to pray for another sick child, but I don't want to pray for anyone again ever. Wow. It was the easiest step to do to kind of Keep my, keep my heart away from pain because I couldn't understand what this was about. Yeah. But this was a journey of my heart. So, so God was, and I'm so glad God took me through this journey because I, I had to come to a decision. Either I, I just pray my best prayer and, and trust God and believe that he knows best or I stop praying for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And so I had to approach God in humility and say, God, this is what I do. And I don't, I can't understand everything. I'm not God and you are. But I do know this, you're good and you're kind and you're loving. And I choose to trust you and I choose to believe you and I, and I will keep praying for children and for anyone who would come. And I would pray my best prayer and believing uh, that you will heal them and I would leave the results to you. Yeah. And, and, and I came to that point, I'm so glad I came to that point, that decision uh, many years ago, so that um, I'll tell you a quick story of what happened a number of years back. I, I was outside the town hall and I was uh, praying for people as they were going by, inviting them for, for prayer. And I ended up praying for a lady and a husband um, who was, they were Christians, but they were struggling in their relationship with God. And I invited 
to, uh, and uh, to pray for them. And the woman said to me, are you Mark Marks? And I said, yes. He said, many years ago, uh, you had a, a mission in the town hall and you were praying, you had a healing meeting, you were praying for people. And I brought in my young son who was in, on a machine, it was a baby, in a machine. The doctors had given him no hope. He couldn't survive without this machine. And I said, Daniel. Hmm. And she said, how do you remember his name? Wow. And I said, whatever I think about what happened at that time in the town hall, I, I remember Daniel and I pray for him. I said, how is Daniel? He said, well, Jesus healed him. Wow. He is in the army now. He's healthy. He's thriving. He's doing so well. I, I'm so glad that, that God um, dealt with that part of my heart, you know. Uh, and what, some of the things, you know, unless... The, the, problem, the problem is if our experience doesn't match up, you know, with God's word, then I have to come to a decision. It's not the word of God that's faulty, but my experience hmm. and my understanding of what's going on because it's limited. I don't understand. I can't see the full picture. Yeah. So something else is happening. Yeah. But, but what I'm being asked to do simply by the Lord is to trust him, to mm. believe in him. Mm. And so that's what I've been doing. Which, is, I mean, it's just incredible. And I'm sure for many people that's, you know, to hear you've gone through that wrestle is, uh, yeah, probably, probably news for so many. But, but you're so right, because so often, you know, you, I love that you talk about, it, like, you know, either this is wrong, yeah. the word of God is wrong, or my experience. But so often, isn't it, as followers of Jesus, I think we go to our, that our experience trumps yeah. what we read in yeah. the scripture. And so we so often think that the scriptures are wrong because we're not seeing yes. what we've been promised. Yeah. And, and the, the difficulty and the problem here is that we can make a theology around our experience. Totally. So we, we read, this is what the clear word of God says, yeah. but our experience doesn't match up, so we can build a theology around that. Yeah. That's a danger. Totally. So, so we've just got to trust the Lord and say, well, well, I don't understand everything. One day I will. Yeah. I, and I think it's probably the, the main reason that this building block, that this component, that it's so often that I see it in, in the church, this is the one that gets left behind. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, well, because these things don't match up, therefore I'm just going to leave it. You know, the similar place that you maybe got to, you know, those yes. years ago of just saying, well, I can't, I can't just hold this tension. I can't hold these together, so I'm just not going to bother. It's just easier to forget about it. And, and I think one of, the, one of the, the brilliant things that I love that God has done throughout the Scriptures and, and throughout our own lives, really, is He calls us to these moments of remembrance or He calls us to, to do it. And, and the thing that He uses, obviously, with Abraham and, and as we move in towards communion is He talks about this covenant um, yeah. that He makes. With, and it's not a word that we use hugely outside of biblical kind of stuff. So maybe if someone's watching today and they don't know Jesus, they might not have used that word huge before. Now, covenant really is, it, well, it can be defined a couple of ways, but uh, one of my favorite definitions, it says it's a chosen promise, like a binding promise between two parties. So often in the world, we think of a contract, but it's so much different than what a covenant, you know, a contract main goal is to set up to protect the different parties in it, whereas the covenant is about what I give. It, it, it's glued together by love and not by protection. And, and, and God makes this, this kind of covenant 
with Abraham and the principle of covenant of this binding chosen promise runs right the way throughout scriptures. And of course, then we get to see it in, in what we're going to do today when we come to take communion, because communion is, it's like a covenant. It's like a remembrance of something. And, and you referred to earlier, that we're, what we're not doing is we're not remembering Abraham. We're not remembering Abraham and Isaac, but we are remembering what Jesus did for us at the cross. And that probably, you know, that is the greatest, most impossibly certain yes. moment ever that, that God would send his only son um, to die for us, but then the certainty in believing that he would rise from the dead after three days. And then what that does for us is that completely then cleanses our our sin that we've been forgiven uh, from that. And and of course, we we still battle that presence of sin, but the penalty of sin he dealt with on the cross. And and communion and what we're about to do in just a minute, that's just that covenant, that's that remembrance. And so as we are about to do that uh, with all of us today, then th- that's really what's uh, going on. And so I guess for, um, for those of you at home, and, and James already said this, so we're going to take this in just a couple of minutes. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to gather uh, whatever elements, as we would call them, uh, that you have. And, and what we want to say to you is, uh, as we've said before, we said in the blog we put this week, it's not about the, the stuff right? It's not about whether you have the right drink or the right food for this. The idea is communion is a shared thing that we come together to do this. So so if it's water, it's water. If it's wine, it's wine. If it's slur, it's slur. If it's crackers or bread or a biscuit, whatever it is, the, the idea is not that we get the elements right and we have to tick it all off and do it right. The idea is that, that in our hearts that we're remembering um, Jesus. And um, so, Mark, I know you, uh, we want to pray for, for healing and different things. Do you want to just tell folks sure. at home some of your expectations as we share communion today? Sure, sure. This is such a precious time. And, you know, Ab- Abraham said to Isaac, the Lord will provide. Because when Isaac asked, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. And, and this uh, communion, this covenant, uh, reminds us of what Jesus did on the cross. And, and uh, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, which is a prophetic word about what Jesus was to do, to go on to cross, to, to die on, on the cross for our sins and for our sickness, it says this, surely he took up our infirmities, and carried our sorrows. And so not only did Jesus die for our sin, but he also died for every sickness, every disease. Anything that you're suffering with right now, Jesus dealt with on the cross 2,000 years ago. That is the truth, that is the fact of the matter. And so when we take communion, there in, in that communion, in the covenant, is, is a promise of, of forgiveness of sin, and for healing, whether it's now or whether it's when we go to be with Jesus. And so what I want you to do is when we take communion, I want you to receive the healing that Jesus provided on the cross. Mm. Not just the forgiveness of sins, but healing as well. By faith, as, as an act of faith, you know, we, we can't be there to lay hands on you, yeah. but actually the act of faith of actually taking you know, the, the symbols of bread and, and wine means that you are partaking what Jesus uh, did for you. You are joining in and receiving by faith what he's made available. So I want you to do that. And also, um, 
there, there was, uh, I, I'm going to pray in a moment because we heard an amazing story of Sue being healed of cancer. And I specifically, if, if you are, um, if you have cancer right now, I just want to say a prayer for you. Yeah. If you have cancer, if you have a friend or family member that has cancer, you can pray in proxy and join with me as I, as I pray this prayer. I'm thinking of, of a man who, uh, and his wife from Albania, Tim, who was recently diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. There is no cure. There's nothing that the doctors can do for him. He needs a miracle. And so I'm praying in proxy. So as I pray for you, I'm <clears throat> praying in proxy yeah. for everyone else that needs healing right now, including Tim. So Lord Jesus, I lift up everyone. Come who right now is suffering with this disease of cancer. And I take authority over this cancer in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. I forbid this cancer life. I command this yes. cancer to shrivel and die. It yes. cannot grow. It cannot spread in your body. It cannot harm you anymore. Yeah. And I command it to die in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And I summon a whole army of cancer-destroying cells. Mm. And I command you to destroy those cancerous cells. I speak to every organ in your body that has been affected by cancer. And I say, come alive in Jesus' name. Brand new organs in the name of Jesus. Uh, to Tim, I speak a brand new pancreas in Jesus' name. Brand new organs in Jesus' name. Come alive in your bones and your blood. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive your healing from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Now, just before we take communion, it may be that, that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. But here's a wonderful opportunity to, to step into a relationship with God, to call Jesus Lord, to, to let him be your best friend, to be number one in your life. And so I'm simply going to pray a prayer and invite you to pray this prayer. If you want to begin a relationship with God and you want to take communion with us, then just pray after me this prayer from your heart to God. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying for me. I open up the door of my heart and invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and my Saviour. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. Yeah. As I take communion, as I take the bread and the wine, I am remembered of your death on the cross and your resurrection. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. Amen. Amen. And if you did um, pray that prayer just now with Mark, then, you know, you, you know if you're watching on our website, there, there are people who would love to pray with you. Um, or you can tell maybe a family member or a friend that, that you maybe know who follows you. So you can also just type into the comments that you prayed that. So um, again, our team can follow up with you. We'd love to, to follow up with you. But Mark says we are now going to take communion and we're going to start with, with the bread. And, and this is what it, what it says in the scripture. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat this is my body. So why don't you just take a bit of that bread and we're going to eat that together now.
Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for your body. It was broken for us. And Lord, we eat this bread or these crackers or biscuits or whatever we're having this morning, Lord, in remembrance of what you did for us. Thank you, Jesus. And then it says later on, just a couple of verses later, it says, then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so, Father, we thank you for the blood, Lord, that you shed on the cross for us. Lord, for the sacrifice that meant, Lord, that we were forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for this covenant, Lord, for this remembrance moment of who you are. Hmm. And what we would love to do, guys, just in... The few minutes that we've got left is, uh, we just want to invite you to, to just remain in that place just a minute. You might want to close your eyes. You might want to open your hands or whatever is comfortable for you. Maybe the, if you were family, the kids are running around going mad and that's hard to do. But we believe that God meets us in each one of these moments. So Holy Spirit is with us wherever we are today. We just want to invite him just to come and to welcome. So we say, Holy Spirit, come fill each home each car, each space in which we're watching this morning, we just invite your presence to come and rest on us tangibly uh, today. Lord, just come and calm our fears and speak your life to us. And we pray over every situation that seems impossible right now. We've already prayed for healing, but I want to pray financially this morning. I pray for those of you who are business owners or and you're looking at this next season just going, I do not know how I'm going to keep my business afloat. I do not know how I'm going to keep paying the bills. Or maybe you've lost your job or you fear that you're about to lose your job and you just don't know how you're going to do it. And we're going to pray over what seems impossible that this God's certainty would break through at this point. So Father, I just pray that over, Lord, businesses in our community or whatever community you're from today. And we just speak life over those businesses. Lord, we speak that, that, Lord, that you would come, Lord, that you would bless, Father God, those businesses, God. You would bless them, God. I pray that this would not be a season of lack or decrease, God, but this would actually be a season of abundance and of increase. God, that you would give creativity, God, in the moment of what feels like such limitation, Lord, that's gonna bring an abundance, Lord, and life to businesses and the economy, God. I pray for our schools right now and at different uh, goodness, education facilities, God, that right now are just scratching their heads going, how on earth do we make this work? God, I just pray creativity and abundance, God, that you would begin to release that. God, I pray over our hospitals, our, our GPs, uh, and uh, goodness, our care homes, Lord, all those places that are feeling so stretched right now. Lord, I pray for uh, life, and I pray for rest for those working in those spaces. I pray, uh, Lord, against the isolation, Lord, for patients or, or, or and people here inhabiting those care homes right now. God, I pray that your spirit would come and rest on them, God, and that they would know the certainty, the certainty, God, of your kingdom amongst us. And God, we just pray, God, for your kingdom to come. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Mark, just pray if there's anything you feel God wants to say to you. For those of you who are feeling alone, are feeling empty, 
the home feels empty and you're feeling lost at this moment in time, then I want you to know that God is with you. Yes. And I pray, yes. Heavenly Father, that you would surround these precious ones in your loving arms. Yes. I pray that you would embrace them. They would yes. feel the embrace of heaven right now. Yes, Lord. I pray that you would reveal to them in the innermost being the depths of your unfathomable love. Pray that you would just give them the revelation of your love, that God, you love them with all of your heart. Your heavenly Father says to you, he loves you with all of his heart. And I pray that God would refresh you in your innermost being, in your spirit, in your soul, in your emotions, in your heart, that whole area of the heart, making that decision, you know, the, the, the Bible says that it is the, uh, above all things, guard your heart for it is, for it is the wellspring of yes. life. Uh, and I pray that God begins to heal uh, the disappointment and the hurt in your heart. And I pray healing Don't for your mind, for your thinking, and for your body. Yes. In Jesus' name. Hmm. Thank you, wow. Lord. Man, just as James comes, I just want to pray one final blessing uh, on us this morning. And so, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence with us today. Lord, I thank you that with you, God, that we're invited into this adventure of becoming who we were always created to be. Lord, help us to be people who are impossibly certain. God, that even in the midst of what seems like there's no chance God, that we would believe that what your word tells us is true and Holy Spirit, what you've revealed to us is true. So Lord, I just pray your blessing over each person watching this, Lord, today, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, God, that they would know your peace, that they would know your kindness with us, Father. Yeah, we just ask all of this in your name. Amen. Jamesy. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmichoostvineyard.com.